With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Trike. He's Gordon Mack. It's Wednesday, August 26th. It feels like we're nearing cross-country season, which I guess for some teams we will in some form, although we know there's not going to be any NCAA championships. That's not stopped Gordon, though, from bringing out some rankings for the individuals and teams, which we'll reveal a little uh, a little later on. I know you guys talked about the men's side of things today or yesterday. Today we'll talk about the women. Did it feel a little different compiling these lists than it has in years past, Gordon? Yeah, well, compiling the list was a little weird because, like I said yesterday, there's not as much data points to rank off of. Normally, you have an outdoor season or indoor championship to go off of. So not having that data. And even these high school kids, right, You, the incoming freshmen, they don't really have an outdoor season to improve even more. Um, But, you know, someone like Caitlin Tui or Nico Young, you know they're going to be good no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I think the weird part was yesterday, talking about it, and we were getting in the mode of like, ah, oh, you know, you got kind of like what NAU's got, BYU got Casey Klinger back, and you're like talking about like it's happening. And then every time you, you realize, oh, wait, this race isn't going to happen. So it's kind of like yeah. weird. But you want to talk about it like it is. You like to kind of put like a fake reality in your head. I mean, maybe it's happening in the spring. It it won't be, but maybe. So we can hold on to that because uh, it'll just be too much with indoor-outdoor. But I think until then, we're just going to keep on faking it till we make it and just mm-hmm. let's, let's report on rankings as if they're happening. I mean, like I said yesterday, college football had their preseason rankings come out the other day. Ohio State was ranked second, even though Ohio State isn't competing they still got ranked second so there's no reason why we should not be talking about someone like Whitney Orton or Wayne Kalati in this ranking even though BYU and New Mexico technically don't have an NCAA championship as of today so so in lieu of outdoor times to go off of 
are you accepting bribes for higher rankings? How how did you work on this? You may have talked about this yesterday, and I missed it. But you you typically do you know rely heavily on the outdoor results of a heading into a cross country season. So how did you work to compile these? Uh, well, bribes were not involved. I do have a little bit of mm-hmm. ethics as as little of ethics I have. I do not take bribes, so that's good. But if you want to bribe <laughs> me for uh, ranking, I'll, I'll more than whatever teams yeah. you want me to promote i mean i know drury drury i can't even say your school's name yeah D2, are they are they good at running right now or no 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 not at no. all but so but yeah if you want to do some d2 rankings just throw them in the top five i mean you might have some questions asked but i don't think i'm going to give you any money for that but uh no we'll try to keep this ethical here we'll, we'll keep it ethical. play this down the fairway so yeah today we're gonna re- unveil unveil the top 25 for the women's individual uh, like yesterday we did the men's individual so listen to that pod if you want to see us break down the top 25 mm-hmm. uh, but it's the women's day wednesday women's w wednesday w women that's why we do it even though tuesday doesn't yeah. start with an m you know it makes sense anyway all right so let's start out let's just get let's just hop right into it let's start talk about numbers 21 to 25 here Yes. Well, who, do you want to list who we have on the list? You can list sure. it out. So starting from 21, going to 25. 21, we have Maria Mettler, senior from Air Force. She was 36 last year. 22nd, Marley Starlipper, the freshman at NC State, who was second at Foot Locker. 23, Lydia, Lydia Oliver, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, from Villanova, 29th last year. 24, Camilla No of Montana State, 30th last year. And then 25th, Bailey Hertenstein of Indiana, 31st last year. A lot of, other than Starlipper, a lot of people who have had success and were right around this finishing position last year at NCAAs. So it seems like you relied on, you know, kind of what they did last year at NCAAs maybe a little bit here. Yeah, especially uh, Lydia, Camila, and Bailey. Like they finished 29th, 30th, and 31st. We have them here 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They bump up because, you know, seniors above them aren't back. So they kind of just fall right in place. Uh, Maria Mettler, the 21st-ranked athlete, she kind of moved up because she had a pretty good indoor season. Uh, mm-hmm. She ran a, a pretty a, a strong 5K. I think she ran um, – what did she run? She ran 15.49 for a 5K. So that kind of bumped her up. Uh, but the main person in this group to kind of talk about is – the NC State freshman, which will be a theme of NC State in this top 25, similar to how NAU was all over the top 25 in the men's rankings. Marley Starlipper, the not the marquee freshman, but one of the group of five freshmen that they're bringing in, uh, one of the better of the group. Uh, she was second at Foot Locker. And it is going to be it, oh, it's weird. I just almost said it's going to be great to see this team perform <laughs> and realize – we're not going to get to see them, but maybe they're they are ACC, so maybe we'll see them at an ACC championship. Uh, but Starlipper coming in there at twenty second shows that this what would have been twenty twenty squad would have been young and also very very good. Oh yeah, I mean they're just absolutely loaded, and I think you know it's. It's tough as a freshman. You you come in and you've done school, and you know you can really get your get 
a reality check when you come into the the level of NCAA. But but the, the freshman that NC State has, and we'll talk about the the primary one in just a minute. But they're so good that I I don't think there's going to be too steep of a learning curve when they do finally get to compete at the NCAA level. Um, it is they're just they're insanely loaded. It's it's crazy. They had a freshman star last year in Kelsey Camille, and they just have. Uh, reloaded once again and I, th I think this was going to be their year they're young enough to where it's not there's not there shouldn't be too much temptation for the the crux of their group or not temptation but you don't have to worry about maybe um a big chunk of their roster just graduating anyway without competing in, as a cross-country team together um but this is really unfortunate for for nc state i mean this really seemed like a, their big shot to win the ncaa title and you hope for their sake they can come back in 2021 and kind of have the same group and kind of run it back. Uh, well, they didn't even get to run it once. Hopefully they just get the chance <laughs> to work with this group. Uh, yeah, Star Lipper's legit and a, and a, and a star. And um, I forget, she ran a really quick time indoors, if I'm not mistaken, right? And I, I forget I exactly what it was. I think she went fast at Penn State. She went a fast 3K, I think, at Penn State. I could be okay. wrong. No, it was at... Uh, Sorry, I'm just looking at her mile split now. It was at it was at BU. She ran 907. Oh, BU. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, she was running well as recently as February. Obviously, everything got got shut down, and she she wasn't one of the athletes like Bren Brown who was out there running like time trials. But she's a star, and just because she's not Caitlin Tuey, you don't want to forget about her. She's she's right up there. Yep. Moving on to uh, 16 to 20, 16. We have, we'll go 20 up. 20th, we have Erica Vanderlead of Vanderland of Michigan, the sophomore. She was really good as a true freshman last year. Uh, she mm -hmm. finished 25th. We have her slated 20th here. Then you have Hannah Steelman, who would have been a big reason why NC State is a top contender is because she's a transfer from Walford. She would have been a senior at NC State. Hannah Steelman, a really good steepler. Uh, she finished 23rd last year. She basically would have been the replacement for um ellie hines who graduated uh last year so hannah steelman the senior from nc state 19th 18th eggle more more than it i'm oh man Ooh, i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know a lady from iona who finished 24th eagle morinate do you know can you do that for me no you just uh, let me burn I, I you me drowning right here man help me out i don't yeah i'm watching you drown it's pretty fun uh I, I doubt it's Eagle, Eagle. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. There's going to be something not... really off. Anyway, she was 24th last year. 17th, Kelsey Camille, the sophomore from NC State. Another freshman last year who kind of, who ran well. She finished 22nd. She was right up there with Erica Vanderland. Uh, and she now has even more of a reason to run well because she's on a, a really good team. She's 17th and then 16th, Annie Fuller, the senior from Michigan State, who finished 34th last, well, not la uh, last year, but Annie Fuller was pretty good in 2018. So she kind of had back to back years of top tier finishes. So that puts her up there in the top 20 for her senior season. Yeah, yeah this is a good group. And once again, we can talk about NC State because they have two here. I think Camille's going to finish higher than 17th when cross-country resumes. She was 22nd as a freshman. I think you could expect to see a pretty pretty solid jump from her. 
Uh, obviously, though, on the depth of this team, NC State, they don't really need her to be much more than in the top 20. That's that's pretty fantastic. My my concern is, not concern, but is Hannah Steelman going to be able to come back um, if, you know, there doesn't end up being a cross-country season during this school year at all? You know, does she want to graduate after, I assume this is, a, you know, a graduate program or, or whatever for her? Is she coming back and, and going to run it? run a season in 2021 that said this team like i said has the depth to weather that um but you just look at this and you're kind of in awe of how talented they are and how much potential the the wolf pack truly had uh, overall though once again yeah i mean it's you're kind of building this there's a lot less like surprises in the top 25 than maybe there would be in other years where you know you have an athlete who finished in the 140s but they had a breakout track season in the absence of that it, it like kind of like we discussed it's clear that you kind of just went off what we had last year in cross country because you got a bunch of athletes here that finished in the 20s and it's you know you remove some of the athletes that that graduated or maybe faded and, and in the indoor season and then you're like well they should move right up and finish in the top 20 here uh, so it's all very logical, intuitive type type stuff. I don't have any qualms with anybody up in this list so far. Maybe Ooh, we'll get to that. Look at that. In a nope. I don't, I mean, you always this, have this qualms with my list. Yeah, qualms. I'm a qualm guy. I qualm. Uh, no, I mean, no. I mean, maybe when we get to the top, we have some some questions about the order of things, but I, I right. I'm I'm fine with this right now. Well, I, I appreciate that. So we'll keep going through the list. Um, fifteen through eleven. Uh, fifteen is Eva Richardson, the senior from San Francisco. She used to run for Portland. Uh, she was nineteenth last year. Eighteenth last year was Taylor Summers of Oklahoma State. We now have ranked fourteenth here. So Oklahoma State, uh, with one of their athletes there in the top fifteen. Again, this meet would have been held in Stillwater, so Taylor Summers would have been on fire to run on her home course her senior year. 13th, Dorcas Wasick, the senior from Louisville. She was 14th two years ago uh, and then did not compete last year. So she, she did have a little bit of a struggle of a indoor season in 2020, but, I mean, she did finish 14th the last time she went across country, so you have to give a little bit of respect for that. 14th is no joke. And then right in front of her, Caitlin Tui, the freshman from NC State. Obviously, we know what she has done her entire high school career. And then 11th, Megan Haas, the senior from Minnesota, who redshirted last year. Uh, her and her sister ran. Um, I remember they ran the Nutty Comb invite unattached. They went 1-2 in that race. Now, Megan Haas did finish 105th well, last time she ran cross country, but Megan Haas has put together some fast track times on the indoor season, her and her sister, she ran 1539 last year. So yeah. uh, we're not last year in 2020 indoor. So to recap, like 11th, Megan, yeah, it seems like last year, 11th, Megan Haas, 12th, Caitlin Tui, 13th, Dorcas Wasick, 14th, Taylor Summers of Oklahoma state and 15th, Eva Richardson of San Francisco. A lot of, a lot of names in here that didn't run last year, right? Megan Haas, Caitlin Tui and Dorcas Wasick. What are your thoughts on this group of ladies? I think it must have been difficult for you, although the scrutiny is low again because we don't really have a cross-country season. But 
thinking where to put Tui. And and I think 12 is... I would have maybe knocked her down just a hair from that, not knocked her down as as in closer down to the 20s, simply because her indoor season wasn't that great. And it's I don't want to be too hard on an 18-year-old who's been a, you know, a superstar for her entire college career. You want to look at that body of work as opposed to, you know, her struggling indoors. But, you know, the indoor season, she, there was supposedly going to be like a her going after the a qualifier for the for the Olympic trials and you know she ran a 3k that didn't go well that's been a long time ago in the grand scheme of things um but you you feel as as much pressure as there can be for a cross-country runner felt like there was going to be significant for her winning NXN as many times as she did being as good as she was felt like there could be disappointment if she's not in the top 10, but it's hard to, the, the women's sport specifically is really dominated by juniors and seniors. So for her to finish 12th would be fantastic. I, I don't think she would have finished that high. Um, I think that's a little ambitious. I know her career. I know her record. She's running the 1530s as like a high school junior, won an XN. How many times do you want an XN? Four? Four times? Uh, I think and three? Three? Two? Three? three. Okay. Three. definitely more than two so i think it's three i i, I should know that um so i mean i i can see that that's almost where i'd, I'd put the line over under 15 for her if i if i was going to go that and i would go over just um because there's just a lot of really talented upperclassmen this year as there always are and so I, I felt like just based off what we saw indoors maybe she's not ready to just be a star star immediately right on campus at nc state um and i don't think she's beating you know her teammates like steelman and and kelsey camille uh maybe she would maybe but it's an adjustment for her she's going from running you know being by herself in high school to now a team and she's been a star since she was in middle school it's just going to be an adjustment period and i didn't think maybe that that it was going to result in her being a dominant force right away but i don't know can you change my mind well, here's the thing. Like, think about like someone like Kelsey Camille, right? She yeah. finished twenty second last year. What was Kelsey Camille's resume going into last year as a freshman? It, she it, well, she failed. was also a New York runner, and she'd been getting beat by <laughs> Caitlin doing it. Yeah, but like, yeah, and if like if a if a true freshman Camille can get twenty second. Like, yeah. you have to think that Tui is going to be able to finish a little bit better than that, right? I know, yeah, I know transitive property doesn't always work. And I do agree with you. She did have a w little bit of a weird 2020 indoor season. But mm -hmm. at the same time, she did win. She did win cross. So she still won NXN. It's not like she fell apart, in, like, fell apart at NXN. She barely won, but she still almost won. Did. Yeah, I, almost I, 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 she almost lost. I feel like Caitlin Tui is kind of just had a bad 2020 indoor season mainly because I think she was just kind of burnt out from having to win every time she stepped on the track. I feel like she was kind of like, I'm sick of just being like, every time I'm on the track, I need to win or do something impressive or run a fast time. Why can't I just like blend in and have a regular season? And I feel like she was kind of burnt out. And I feel like not the pandemic was kind of great for her in a way because it allowed her to kind of chill her senior year. Cause there would have been a lot of pressure on her to like go all out senior year. And like 
try to make the trials and do this. Yeah. And I think it yeah. would have, she might have, would have burned up some of her career energy in a senior year of high school. And now she didn't have to use that. So there's a lot more fuel left yeah. in her tank that she can now spread out more strategically under the guidance of a collegiate coach. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, and that happens to people like Tui. I mean, I remember talking to Basti about it. Like when Brody runs 401 as a junior or 402 or whatever as a junior in high school, the entire yeah. senior year, it's all about breaking four. It's all about winning this, winning that. And whenever you lose, it's like, whoa, you lost. When no one else has yeah. to deal with that as a 17 or 18 year old. And you, you could tell that Brody was kind of relieved when that was taken off his shoulders. And he's like, I could just be a guy on a team, right? That's good, right? And I don't need to be the the star right away, you know. I mm -hmm. so I feel like Caitlin having the senior year spring taken away from her was kind of like the biggest blessing in disguise for her yeah. longevity. And the reason why I think she's her num their number one stick is I think she's. I mean, we haven't had someone as good as Caitlin Tui come out of high school and go right to the the collegiate scene. Like most of them, like an Alexa Ephraimson or Mary Kane, they like they they bounce. They're going pro right away. We haven't seen someone of her longevity, like of dominance in high school, come out and participate. So that's true. And also, I mean. Not every year is equal with like the strength of the field. I mean, obviously, like Donna, I, you could argue like I could. You could probably say there's probably only four, maybe five, like legit like talents. By legit talents, I mean like super elite. You know, like a Whitney mm -hmm. Orton, a Whitney Kalati, Donahue. Jess Larson, maybe one of the Haas sisters. But then the rest are just kind of like, they're good, but they're not like great. They're not like, you know, every class has like one or two women who are good, right? And I just feel like it's not as deep of a year. Like there's years mm. where you could get 10th and you'd be like, that's like a good 10th. But there's other years where you could get 10th and it's kind of like an easy 10th. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> easy 10th and a and a a hard 10th. I don't know. But I felt like this year was not as deep. So I felt like it made Tui be able to finish in the top 15 better than putting her in the top 25 or top 30. And to be clear, there's a chance she could finish top five. I mean, I she is that talented. When she's running as well as she can, she's spectacular. Right? We've seen yeah. her run, you know, nine flat 3Ks and and really be a force in, in cross country. And maybe when she finally has some elite training partners, she just takes off. I kind of want to make clear, I was looking at it from the glass half, glass half empty at the top, but there is on the other side of the coin, there's a very good chance she could immediately be a top five threat. Probably not going to ch challenge Whiny Kalati. She's on a different level, but certainly, yeah, you could be talking about a, a somebody like Caitlin Tui coming in right away, fitting in with a with a training system, finally having elite training partners and just exploding to a to a whole new level. So certainly certainly possible. It is one of those bummers because you had it, it's rare you're always going to have high school stars coming in, but 
I I think Nico Young and Caitlin Tui are both on different levels than your typical high school stars. And so to get both of them at the NCAA championships right away as 18, 19 year olds was going to be a really fun thing to watch. And so it's definitely feeling the loss of that as we get close to September. It's a, it's a real, real bummer. Um, long-winded way to say, yeah, I think that's fine where we put Tui. I would still put the over. <laughs> I'd put the over-under at 15 and I'd maybe go a little bit above it, but she's going to be an All-American. She was going to be a factor for NC State, of course, right away. Yep. So moving on to 10 through 6. So 10th, mm-hmm. we have Molly Bourne, a junior from Oklahoma State. So that kind of rounds out that Oklahoma State duo that they ran at NCAAs last year as individuals, and they went 16th and 18th. Yeah. And now I have yeah. Bourne at 10th and Summers at 14th. Uh, it would be interesting if Oklahoma State can get a team with them. I mean, I like again, I'm talking like it's happening, but you would think if you have <laughs> two low sticks like that, you should be able to find three other women to put together. I mean, that team would have been really good last year. Think about it. If they had uh, Sinclair Johnson also on that team, like – you had oh born like, like they would yeah. have a sixteenth and eighteenth, and Sinclair Johnson way she was running that year definitely would have still been top twenty. They would have had three top twenty women, and they could have mixed up and been a podium team potentially. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Dave Smith was like, I'm happy you got your Nike contract, but I'm yeah. also a little upset because I could have had another podium finish on the women's side. But anyway, right. so Molly Bourne tenth, Oklahoma State, Joyce Camilli. Ninth of Auburn, she was 14th last year. Kaylee Logue or Callie Logue of Iowa State coming at eighth. Seventh, Mercy Chalangat of Alabama, who did not compete, didn't not qualify for NCAAs last year. Seventh, so we could talk about her. And then sixth, we have Mel- Melanie Smart of Washington, the sophomore, who was 12th. So basically, Smart, who was 12th. Kelly Logue, who was 15th, Joyce Camelli, who was 14th, and Molly Bourne, who was 16th. They're all there. Makes sense to kind of move up because of seniors graduating. The big one in here that going right to top 10 is Mercy Chalanga of Alabama. What are your thoughts on me putting her all the way in seventh? Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me that evidence. What what why did you put Chalanga at, at seven after not running at NCAAs last year? So Number one reason is she had a good indoor season, right? Mm-hmm. She went fifteen. Th- she went fifteen thirty-seven indoors. I mean, it's indoors, so like a fifteen thirty-seven indoors could translate to like a sub fifteen thirty outdoors. She ran that at the Husky Classic. I mean, let's look at who she. I mean, she. This is. She beat in that race like Gwen Jorgensen. She beat Eva Richardson. She beat Jessica Drop. She, like. It was a good field that she beat. I mean, not great field, yeah. but like she beat people. Uh, when she ran good indoors at SECs, she was second to Katie Izzo. So that's no shame, right? In the 5K, she was second to Katie Izzo and then beat everyone else in the SEC. In the 3K, she was she was fourth, uh, but it was like a close fourth. Like Joyce Camelli, who is a top 10 athlete here, she was second to her and Jessica Drop, who another good runner. But yeah, I mean, it was purely based off of the hey, you ran a fast 5K. You got to get some love for that. She was ninth in the South region 
So she was probably one of the first women not selected. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think that's why. You got to give some I credit just, for – there's always, there's always got to be that person who just doesn't – I understand. There's always, qualify. Yes, there's got to be that, that, like, athlete, like, where did they come from? That said, though, do you, like – do you have inside information? Because, yes, of course, finishing ninth at the South region, you could argue she should have been at the meet, whatever. But you look at somebody last year who's finishing 37th at pre-nats, 10th at SECs. You got to make this make sense to me how she's going to jump up to 7th off of just – one one five k. I mean, I would argue you need to be better than fifteen thirty seven to finish seventh at at NCAA's. I mean, we talk about you're not finishing too too far off the top top women. When you look at who who's running in the top seven last year, Kaladi, she's got a fifteen teens PR. Alicia Monson, NCAA champ in the five. Katie Izzo ran like fifteen twelve or fifteen thirteen. Taylor Warner ran fifteen ten. I mean. My point being the top five, top seven, you've got to be like a fifteen twenty woman. So fifteen thirty-seven for a whole, while hold on. Katie Izzo is not a fifteen twelve woman going into that year. Well, no, hold on. You know, you, okay, that's fine, but you know, she ran okay, she ran fifteen thirteen in December. Yeah, but like going into this, she was like a she was just well, like a 16 – she was like a 16. Yeah, but no one would have seen that coming, right? No one would have seen that coming. My thing is, like, do you have inside information? Are you in the Chalangot camp? Do you follow her on Instagram? Like, how do you know that somebody well, who got ninth at the region is now going to jump up to seventh at NCAAs in a hypothetical well, – <laughs> oh, Well, okay, there's multiple factors. Number one, you could see that she has progressed since cross-country. And by that mm. progression, meaning – she ran 1537, which is a top 10. I don't know. What what was that in the NCAA la last year? I mean, let's look it up. Indoor list. Oh, Women. yeah. She was. Okay, she had the ninth fastest time in the NCAA 5K. And if you remove Katie Izzo, Danny Jones, Cardamella, Baez, and McKenna Morley, all people who graduated, she has from indoors last year. She is the one, two, three. She's the fourth returner from indoors last year, time wise. Okay. Mm, so that, so that. these people that are ranked like Kelsey Camille, Annie Fuller, Eva Richardson, all these other athletes, they're running 1550s. All right. They're not running 1530s. All right. So she runs that. Then she competes at SECs and she holds her own. I mean, Obviously, she's going to not win anything because Katie Izzo was in that those races and she won the double. Uh, but yeah. getting second to Izzo and beating everyone else, and then she was fourth in the three k. But like second, third, and fourth were all very close together. It was like less than half a second separating. And it was Joyce right. Camelli, who's also really good, and then Jessica Drop, who's good. Anyway, and then here's the biggest thing. So she's definitely shown that she has improved since joining Alabama because. She's a transfer from UT Rio Grande Valley, the uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley. So she last she basically joined that team. She joined Alabama in the spring of 2019, most likely, or maybe I'm not sure exactly when she joined, but she joined last year. And her first season under Alabama was literally 
the cross country season last year. So yeah. she's gonna this look at this. She finishes 35th at Joe Piani, 37th at Prenats, and then 10th at, 10th at SECs, 9th at South Region. So clearly she was learned how to get better. Now, obviously, it's not as deep of a field as she goes on, mm-hmm. but she was learning as she ran, right? As she yeah. was getting better every race. I think that if she would have had been at NCA, she probably would have finished like 50th maybe at NCAA cross last year, I think. And then yeah. going to indoors, she she was putting down faster and faster times. She has shown that she has improved. And I think that her junior year would have been the big jump. And that's why I put her seventh. Okay. Okay. Maybe you haven't sold me yet, but I, <laughs> I see it a little bit. I mean, I, it's fair to say you did your research. How did you unearth this person? You, you went to the 5k list and you said, Ooh, who's this random 1537 here. And then you clicked. Yeah. And, you clicked on it and see what she did, and then you're like, okay, ranked high, yeah. Like 15, we, we I know like 15, in a world where we see Kate, uh, um, Carissa Schweizer and uh, oh my god, Shelby Shelby Hulahan, sorry, Shelby <laughs> Hulahan running in the 1420s. Well, you yeah, look at 1530, you, you look at 1537 as like, okay, cool, you ran a 1537, but like 1537. For this field is a top tier time. Like, yeah, yeah, indoors particularly, right? And indoors too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. Still think seven's a little ambitious, but I, top twenty probably, probably a top twenty type person. Um, I guess if you have Joyce Camelli in the top ten, who was fourteenth, and she got she got beat by Chalangat, you kind of have that evidence, right, that she can. Yeah. Chilangot can can be a top top seven type of uh, type of performer. Yeah, this is uh, other than who we mentioned in the previous. I mean, everything's kind of going to form other than Chilangot and and Megan Haas so far, uh, who we mentioned in the previous segment. Everything is pretty intuitive. You've got athletes who are either yeah. stars in high school or did it last year. So I understand. I get it. Uh, are we ready to move on to our top five? Yeah, let's do it. So fifth is Jessica Lawson, Stanford. She was 11th last year. Fourth mm-hmm. is Bethany Haas, the other Haas sister, who was didn't run last year. She was red shirt, but she finished 49th in 2018. But she did run 15-25 indoors, which is pretty damn good. Uh, so she was she's fourth. Ella Donahue of Stanford is third. And then Whitney Orton, second of BYU. And, of course, Winnie Kalati, first of New Mexico. I really think it's going to be a Kaladi versus Orton battle up top with Donahue, Haas, and Lawson kind of rounding out the top five. First, let's talk a little bit about that Stanford duo. We know we talk about NC State in the mix for the title. One of the teams that they'll be going up against would be Stanford. And having two athletes who projected to finish in top five, if you have two low sticks like that, you it's it's pretty good chance that you could win overall. Even though NC State does have that depth, yeah. Stanford though having a three and four, three and five stick is pretty, pretty damn good. No, well, just how high they finished last year, that leadership, and I think there's plenty of room for for them to improve as we have them now in the top five. I I could certainly see that, and they have some complementary pieces, and they're always going to have solid recruits, even if it's not on the level right now of NC State. 
Yeah, they really Donahue and Lawson both came on last year. And I think they were running well indoors as as well. So no issues with them in the top five. Uh, I even think Donahue could maybe leapfrog Orton. We'll see. Um, th- there should be a bunch of free spaces behind the number one spot in Wayne Kalati. I, I no one is going <laughs> to come close to her. Uh, Orton's good, very good, and she's she ran fast in that. That 5K, uh, she ran 15:22 in that that BU 5K back last December. But Kaladi's just so so good. Not only has Kaladi run 15:14, but she's so good in cross country. And last year, as we saw, you know, when she wanted to, she could just bludgeon an entire field and just take off, and no one would touch her the rest of the race. I uh, Orton is someone to watch because she's got good track times, and she really took off in cross country. But that I, just no one's coming close to Kaladi. Kaladi was gonna, is going to win going away whenever cross country resumes, assuming that she's she's healthy. So to say that you look at one and two, and you look that they've both been all Americans. Oh, this should be a good battle. I don't think so. I think it's the Wayne Kaladi show for sure. I'm sure you mostly agree. You got to stir the pot a little bit for competition. I just didn't think Orton could possibly could possibly do that when you lose. Monson, obviously Danny Jones isn't there either anymore. It's just a clear path for for distance dominance for me, uh, at least in cross country for for Wayne Kalati. Um the the other thing we obviously have to talk about Bethany Haas in the in the top four. She did run that 1525, which I think is, you know, a clear sign that she can compete. But man, you jump from 49th to to the top five. Of course it's happened. I mean, we saw uh Jessica Hole jumped from the 90s into the, into the third spot in 2018, and I think a similar jump was made by Alicia Monson in 2018. So it happens, um, but I I don't know. I look at I look at Bethany Haas. She ran 15:25, but she didn't win any Big Ten indoor titles. Her last time competing, yeah, she tripled, but still she didn't win the 3K. Was seventh in the five and third in the mile. Do you think that the 1525 was a little bit of fool's gold, or do you believe that she's a top five person? I mean, you obviously believe she's a top five person, but why do you think so? I mean, I think her and her sister, they both, you know, they redshirted last year. I think if they didn't, if they would have ran last year, they both would have finished in the top 20. And I think if mm-hmm. we had like top 20 to their resume, plus what they did in the indoor season, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. They had the, they showed they could do it in cross, and now they've enhanced their resume with some fast track times. You make sense to put them fourth and eleventh where I have them right now. But I think mm-hmm. because they didn't run last year, we kind of have this unknown factor, and we kind of want to think they are the runner they were in two in twenty eighteen, which they are not. I mean, they went one two in the unattached uh, Nuttycomb invite, and right. I just think they're you know they're going to be fifth year seniors. They're going to be. You know, super mature. They understand what they're doing. They clearly redshirted on purpose to go all in in 2020, which was a perfect timing for them, right? Going all in in 2020. <laughs> Think about this. Think about like, you know how like a lot of teams strategically like do the whole redshirt to go all in in one year, right? I think about yeah. NAU, right? They redshirted Footsum four or five years ago to go all in yeah. on their first uh, ch- uh, title run, right? Imagine if that world that that timing that the pandemic hit that first year you would never see like that nau run potentially right because then footsum doesn't get to run and maybe he graduates and it just doesn't work and then the coach change and it just they don't have that momentum and the the recruiting momentum of winning yeah. uh 
you kind of think about how this, I mean, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the team rankings in the next few pods, but how this lack of a season is going to like stunt or reignite certain momentums of yeah. like teams that have been finishing the top 10, top five, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, I think uh, hopefully the Haas sisters come back and they run as six-year seniors, but I don't know. I mean, that could have been maybe Minnesota's like, damn, like this was our chance, and now I don't know if both sisters are going to want to come back for a sixth year and have, you know, live the college life and move on and get a real job, right? You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I do think, you know, you say Kaladi is a lot is light years better than everyone else. I do agree, but. I think Whitney Orton is better than we think. And yes, it is a 6K, so that'd be more favored towards Kaladi. But I think Kaladi can be prone to make a few mistakes. Uh, I mean, she was, I mean, she made a mistake and lost to Danny Jones, right? Danny Jones. Right. You, Whitney Kaladi is definitely a better strength runner than Jones, but Jones was able to time it well and get the win. I could see the way Whitney Orton wins over Kaladi is the way Danny Jones won over Kaladi in 2018. Yeah, I don't want to apply the same mistakes that Kaladi may have made two years ago now to, to you know, the current times because I think she definitely Smart. redeemed herself. Yeah. Certainly did, redeemed herself last year by winning the title. But, you know, she's she, since doing that, she's won a 10K and she's won the NCAA cross-country title. So... I think she's a smarter, fitter runner at this point, and I, I don't think those rules need to necessarily <clears throat> apply. But I suppose we shall see. That said, <clears throat> kind of forgotten a little bit how, was how good Orton ended up being indoors, and maybe I should have discussed. But th earlier this winter, she ran not only a 15.22 in the five, but she ran a 4.29 mile and then an 8.49 3k i i had forgotten with everything else that's gone on how good she was becoming on the track and you you could have been talking about somebody who won who was going to win multiple titles in 2020 between indoor and, and outdoor so you're right maybe i shouldn't I, i'm applying old rules you rules from a year ago and maybe orton was set to t just take it to a whole another level and and compete so i mean I, that was a possibility i would still re rest on things that i've seen before and known kaladi but sure i guess there's a chance based on the time she had been running that that orton was going to be a significant uh challenger for for the defending champion we hope we will get to see that at some point just not this fall <laughs> just not this fall so uh Talking a little bit about um, this this rate, so we have this top twenty five now, obviously led by Kaladi and Orton. Uh, we did this with the men, so technically there are a few of these athletes who still have a cross country season. You know, Big Twelve, Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve, ACC, SEC are all potentially still going to run a, a regular season. Maybe meet up for mini invitational at the end. Uh, now, based on that, these are the athletes that would be still eligible to race in a in a fake national championship with just limited athletes. It would be seventh ranked Chilanga of Alabama, then eighth ranked oh, Logue of Iowa State, ninth Kameli. You have Molly Bourne of Oklahoma State, Caitlin Tui, Dor Dorcas Wasick, Taylor Summers, Kelsey Camille, Hannah Steelman, 
Maria Mettler of Air Force, and Marley Starlipper of NC State. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 11 athletes of this top 25. So if those 11 athletes were in some mini big three fake fall title, who would you take? <laughs> That's a catchy name. That is a That is one to put on a banner. Wow, we've gone from an athlete that we discussed for 10 minutes, Chilangot, of why she should even be here because she's never qualified to meet to now all of a sudden she's our supposedly our favorite for this uh fake meet that could combine these conferences that are still competing it's been a quite a turn for her nobody's stock has increased more in the last uh, 30 minutes mercy chilenga who would i pick here yeah this is this could be an exciting race i mean there's no obvious like superstars here i mean if supposedly they, if if Oklahoma State wanted to salvage their cross country course for 2020 and have it there, you would think the Bourne and Summers duo would be at an advantage, getting seeing that they get to train on the uh, on the Oklahoma State course. But like, yeah, there's no obvious like star here that you know maybe Tui could take it as a freshman. Well, who knows where? Who knows if this is even going to happen? I mean, I have my doubts unless you have inside information, but. I think all we're going to see is small dual meets and, you Come know. Come on. All right. That's not be... the question, Lincoln. That's not the question. The question isn't to get all pick? doom and gloom. It's who, yeah, yeah. This who am I going to race? Who would you pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to go Chilangot. I just haven't seen enough. Um, from this group, I would actually go Dorcas Wasik because I've seen it on the track from her. And if she returns to form – um, gets back to the cross country meet. I think she has the highest ceiling. I mean, I'm sure you could say Tui has the highest ceiling, but given that she has the NCAA experience, I would put I would pick Wasik from Louisville. What about That's you? A good one. Uh, I think someone from NC State would win. Mm. I think maybe Kelsey Camille would win in a weird way. I think it would be really interesting because they like. I think a bigger question would be like, how low would NC State's score be? Right, like we have top, yeah. their top five or their top four here in the top twenty-five. So like, would they put their? They probably would put their top five potentially in the top fifteen in this type of meet, right? Which would be wild. I mean, that'll be an incredible low score. Uh, but I think someone like Kelsey Camille would win. I don't know why. Just picked her. So yeah, you just want her. Just feeling, that, yeah. just feeling the potential as a as a sophomore after finish, finishing twenty second. Yeah, I just need I need a better NCAA experience, and with CK or we Wasik has that after finishing second in twenty eighteen and then in the ten thousand. She's gonna be hungry coming back after missing last year. I I'm getting a lot of strong vibes out of her camp, you know, over there in Louisville that things are going <laughs> well. No, just kidding. That's totally made up. But and, uh, uh, yeah. Also, we in the men's pod we talked about the twenty-six athlete, the athlete who is not in the top twenty-five. The twenty-six athlete in this situation is Aubrey Roberts of Stanford, who is a transfer oh, from Northwestern. Right, remember her? So uh, I do. Yes, so, I do remember her. Yeah, so her there, and then both. if you go a little too far, a little farther down to twenty-eighth and twenty-ninth, it's two New Mexico athletes. So. When you do yeah, that, say, you end up Abba having. Cohen? Where is, where is yeah. Abba Cohen? So you end up. <laughs> Abba Cohen is 28. Abba Cohen is 28. Nope. Got it. I didn't put Abba Cohen in the top.
Kevin, and you. So she's 28. Got it. It's fine. She was she was running a little better indoors, and we've put a lot of potential from her off her steeple PB, but she has some cross-country potential. We'll see. She, that said, she was only 55th last year. But, but maybe that when said, things return in yeah. 2021, she's back. She's ready to go in cross-country. But we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about the women's team, but if we, when you go out to the top 30, you basically have three New Mexico athletes in the top 30, three Stanford athletes in the top 30, and four NC State athletes in the top 30. So yeah, maybe use that a little where we will end up coming with our team rankings, uh, but that's mm-hmm. where you kind of the, – the team element will play out, which we'll talk about in the next pod. Well, if you've been paying so, yeah. attention at all – so far to the individual things, I would think people could discern who's going to be the top team, considering there's one group that has a bunch of athletes in the in the top 25. But maybe people weren't paying as much attention as as they should have been. But you know, we'll reveal that at, at a later podcast. I guess we'll have to we'll have to make people wait for that one. It's the hypothetical cross country championships in 2020. It's the best we got, folks. Um, Presented by Geico. <laughs> yeah. Presented by Geico. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it for us today. I'm Lincoln Trike. He's Gordon Mack. Send any complaints about the rankings to him. He did all the work to the legwork to compile them. Any Mercy Chilangot fan clubs out there, you can send uh, a welcome letter to Gordon Mack because he is now a new member. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.